Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Jill Tiny. Welcome. Thank you, Amy. It's lovely to be here to have a nice little chat. Well, it, it will be a nice little chat and we'll kick right off with what is it that you're focusing on at the moment, Jill? Well, people know me for collaboration uh, and the community that I look after. What I'm focusing on now is kind of the next level up. Where where can I take it? Because my, my brain is very good at going, big picture, this is what's going to happen in 10 years time. And actually, I kind of have to bring it down a little bit. So um, I'm now at the stage, excitingly, scarily, um, where we're looking at you know, what happens when we double in size, we triple in size, uh, and how's that going to work out? We've got most of the things in place. It's a bit like building the foundations of a house. That works, that works, that works. Um, but it's kind of the reality stuff. So I've got a few potential projects coming up, you know, all hush-hush, can't say anything just yet. But it's just exciting times, but also because I'm human, quite scary as well. Um, so we're just waiting to see if we can take the idea of what we're doing, the culture of what we're doing, the ambition and make it much, much bigger. So without giving too much away, what will that then allow people to do? What will be the impact of a scale? I think it gives all of us more choice um, because part of being in the community is about connecting, connecting to like-minded people, connecting to people that you can collaborate with. And so that choice then gives you opportunities to start a new project, create a new workshop, create a, a product with other people, um, which then gives you opportunity to grow your business and to get known and be known out there. And the more people we have sharing each other's stuff, the easier it is for us to engage and stretch our reach um, in any way. That's the practical stuff. I think the emotional stuff is that if we see a community which has a culture that's founded and based on love, it will be really interesting as a um, project for society to see that this is how our world could look. This is how our society could look. This is how we think it could be. And in most places, it actually is. It's just that sometimes the powers that be don't access that kind of uh, heartfelt journey. We see it every time there's a comic relief or um you know, all of those wonderful uh, things that are on TV where people pay their money and, and millions of pounds are raised in the space of, sort of 24 hours. So we know that fundamentally the world out there is a wonderful place. But in the business world, it's still kind of cut and thrust. We worry about our competition. We worry about um, scarcity. There's not enough clients out there for me. There's not enough business out there for me. What am I going to do? How am I going to cope? How am I going to survive? And it's this kind of pressure that we put ourselves under 
that we have been taught to be fearful of, that we want to try and change that paradigm that rather than live in fear and scarcity and competition, what would it be like if we lived in love and connection and abundance? So when the community is larger, that's us practicing and showing people this is what it is feels like this is what it is this is what happens when we have a disagreement this is what happens when we have a project that didn't work out well this is what happens when it goes really really well and how we kind of put all of these things into practice and we go hey do you want to come over here because this is working really well and at the moment we're still at the practice try stuff out stage but it seems to be working i love that and i'm i'm just picking up on many words that you've just shared here and they all ironically or coincidentally maybe um begin with c so you've got choice you've got connection you've got collaboration you've got creation you've got community you've got change tell me about those core elements are they your values or they just just happen to be things that you've mentioned <laughs> It was just happened to be things that I mentioned that also by coincidence, and by the way, there is no such thing as coincidence in my book, <laughs> um, are part of our culture. So our three main values are love, human being first, and collaboration. It's the being of collaboration, not the doing of collaboration. And we could do a whole podcast just on the difference with those two things. The mindset and the behaviors of collaboration bring in the connectivity deep connection to yourself and to other people. Creativity, if you're not creative, if you're not in a space where you can create, what if I did this? What if I had all the money in the world, what could happen? What if I had no money at all, how would I do that? It's that kind of wonderment of a child, that five-year-old that thinks everything's possible and they just wonder, why mum, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? It's that kind of creative space that we could be in and being curious, another C for you. It's always about, seeing what else is out there and what's possible. So for me, I, I've always said that I believe there are all the solutions to the problems in our world. We, we're not experiencing anything new. Sure, tech is new, but how people deal with something new isn't. Um, we, we've been through this before with the steam engine, and the printing press and all those other things. And when you have people um, that are getting used to change and understanding a different way of being, that curiosity, that kind of strength in numbers, that collaborative, this is our space, I'll be okay. It's not anything to be scared about because we're all in it together. That kind of brings you forward and, and helps you to kind of not live in that fear space. So it's it's confidence, it's another seat, it's a mindset, it's a heart set, it's it's a way of being that empowers you. It, it's it's I have um I don't know when you came to one of our meetings, I have a little um, picture on there. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it isn't, of a guy standing up and his angel wings come out and he's like, yes, I'm a, I'm a superhero kind of thing. And that's what we want people to feel like because we are all superheroes. We all have this amazing capacity with another C, capacity within us <laughs> um, to do extraordinary things. And I maintain that everyone on this planet is extraordinary. They might not think it, you know, most people you go, well, you're extraordinary. They're like, no, no, I'm not. I just, everyone can do what I do. Can they really in the way that you do, you do it? Because that's pretty special. And I, I went through this learning myself many years ago when I was at a meeting and I overheard somebody talking and I heard my name. I'm listening. Oh, somebody's talking about me. I'm going to be nosy. What are they talking about? 
oh, well, if you want to get connected to somebody, you want to talk to Jill Tiny, she connects people up. It's amazing how she does it. She gets to know, she puts people together. Oh my goodness, I've got business out of it. This is, I'm like, okay, is that what I do then? I thought everybody did that. Everyone connects people up, don't they? Well, some people do, and some people do it in one way, but that was kind of my natural space of wanting people to come together, to connect, to be friends, to be kind to each other, to look after each other, and ultimately to help other people as well. Because when you come together and you collaborate, you go, right, that was amazing. What a brilliant job we did. Now, how can we pay that forward and help more people? So all of these C's come together and they are part of our mindset and part of our behaviors that we have within the community, as well as things like a sense of adventure, generosity of spirit, um, freedom of thinking, freedom of thought, forward thinking. Um, and it's things that a lot of people have in bucket loads and some people have just scratched the surface. But it's when you create an awareness of like, okay, so if I'm in an environment with five other people and I'm being shouted down because they don't really care about what I'm saying, I don't have a freedom there. I'm going to struggle being in that environment because I'm not going to be able to create anything. So it's understanding where there's an environment that collaboration will flourish and there are certain environments where it will shrivel up and die. And I think, all the, as I say, going back to all the problems in the world that we have, there is a solution already out there. And it's by coming together that we can bring those solutions together. And there are certain reasons why we haven't been coming together for that. And again, that's probably a whole other podcast going down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. But there are reasons why. And I often say follow the money of why we're not doing things. Why is it that way? Why should it be like that? And generally, it's how we make money and how we generate it and create it. You know, Oxfam figures show, uh, is it like half a percent of the world's population have more income and value than over half of the rest of the population of the planet? That, that just feels a little bit out of balance to me. It's like, hang on, how come? And you hear of people in the pandemic going, oh, yes. I don't know if it's Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos, somebody gave away a billion pounds because of the crisis, the pandemic. Woohoo, well done, great. He's got like 27, you know? <laughs> Why don't you just keep half a billion and give everything else away? You know, it's like that kind of logic doesn't sort of ring well with me around, you know, somebody giving away a billion and we're, we're going, well done. And it's like, well, probably if you paid your taxes, you'd have given quite a bit away anyway. Again, a whole other story, I digress. It's the behaviours that most people embody, but when you come together in a group, it becomes tighter and it becomes a culture that we practice, we try out, we get wrong occasionally, but it helps you to flourish as a human being, helps you to kind of get your wings and your superpower and, and stretch those wings and try stuff out and see what, what you can actually achieve. So a couple of things I want to just pull on here, Jill. The mindset and heart set we always talk about mindset and i think a lot of people work on developing a growth mindset moving away from scarcity and towards abundance but heart set is that a forgotten way of thinking feeling doing being not not totally forgotten but but yes it is people are tuning in and i think the pandemic has helped that incredibly because people are now concerned about mental health and how to look after yourself 
emotionally and spiritually as well as physically um, and in, in different areas. So it's the whole holistic way of looking at things. So for me, heartfelt um, connection is following your intuition. And the intuition isn't always right because sometimes there's that little gremlin in the back of your mind going, yes, but what about this? And what about that? And oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Because, you know, it's our ego trying to keep us safe. But when you're talking about your intuition and you're following your heart, you don't do logic. You know, it's not about a logical decision. It's about a heart-led decision. And you're taking energy from the universe in order to guide you in the way forward. So um, whether you've looked at anything like um, Abraham Hicks, who, who talks about tuning into source, it's like a wavelength that you kind of tune into. And it can take a bit of practice. But when you listen to people like Michael Singer, who wrote The Surrender Experiment, brilliant book, if you haven't read it yet, it's fantastic. Um, and he talks about doing it his own way. All his family wanted him to go off to college and get his degree and then get a good job. And he went and lived in a forest barefoot in the same jeans he wore 24 seven and bit by bit he turned out to be a very successful businessman but he listened to his intuition for hours a day to tell him and guide him what he was going to do it was his feelings that kind of led him forward and kinesiology is getting bigger now it's along those same lines um, understanding what food is good for us is about an instinct because everybody's different. You hear all these things on the internet, don't eat this, don't eat that. It's like, well, it might be good for me, actually. You might not agree with you, but it might be good for me. It's finding out what works for you in business and in life generally, but your intuition is really wrong. And I speak from experience when I ignored my intuition on more than one occasion. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I had that, that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach when I said, yes, I'll take that gig. And then I wished I hadn't, you know, very soon afterwards, it's like, how did I get myself into this? It's like, <gasps> so now I'm like, when I get that feeling, the pit of my stomach, it's like, I'm listening. Okay, intuition, if you don't want me to do this, give me a reason why, kind of guide me. Then the next day, another job will come up, which means I can't take the first one. Or Things will happen. The universe puts it in your place. Whether you believe it's the universe or coincidence is entirely up to you. But I find that if I do follow that gut feeling, and for some people it's in their heart, some people it's, it's around their body, everyone's got a different way of tuning in. But you know when a relationship isn't fit, fitting and feeling right. You know when part of your business is, is clunky and it's not working right. It isn't always a logical solution, which is what we've been taught over the last two, 300 years. Sometimes it's just time and place, and sometimes it's just not right for you as an individual. The same as some people can eat peanuts and some people can't because they're allergic to them. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but that's the way it is. So your intuition will tell you because when you're a kid, you go, you know, I never did like nuts. And it's funny because that's your body telling you, but you weren't listening. So you had to have a, a experience with a peanut when you've got an allergy before you go, oh, that's not good for me then. Eventually your body tells you one way or another. But if we're clever, we'll catch the intuition before it gets that far. So that's so a me, for me. Sorry, that's the difference for me between heart and mind. I love that. Tell me, Jill, for you, for you, this journey started when? Um, probably 2012 uh, with Ernest around collaboration. But you know what? You look back, I, I have distinct memories of when I was four years of age, bringing people together 
when I was at nursery school. You come over here. You, you play with this one. Let, let's all play together over here. Oh, don't be mean. Why did you do that? That's not very nice. I can hear myself saying it. Um, and then as time has gone on, I became a people pleaser because I wanted people to get on. It was my, I don't understand why you're having this argument. It doesn't make sense to me. Just kiss and make up and be nice. Play nicely. Um, but come 2012, I had a business partner um, that had the same position as me, business coach. Um, on paper, we're competition. We shouldn't be talking. In fact, somebody told me, look, that guy over there's a business coach. I'll protect you. You don't want to go talk to him. He might steal your clients. What are you talking about? He, he does what I do. I want to find out what, how he does it. It's be interesting. I want to go talk to him. So I went and talked to him and we ended up being business partners. And it, in reality, our beginning was very logical because it was like, well, you do that bit in business coaching. I do that bit in business coaching. And neither of us like doing that bit, the finance bit. Should we get someone else in to do that? And then the client gets the best of each of us rather than me saying, oh, yeah, I can do that bit and I can do that bit. I didn't like doing that bit. I could do it, but it wasn't my best thing. I wanted to do that bit. So understanding that what your genius is, is that bit and you love doing it and you do it all day long, then why not bring other people in to do the stuff that you can do, but it's not your joy. It doesn't fill you with light. So that 2012 began my exploration and I gobbled up books and seminars and YouTube videos and everything around society, humanity, how we lived in the past, caveman, how we operate, um, our language around collaboration, our language around business. Um, I'm in charge. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. The, the two, you know, the, we've got lots of um, separation in everything that we do, even right or wrong. We make it out to be very black and white. And quite often it isn't. There's a lot of gray in the middle. So all of these things of how we use our words, how we maintain uh, an equilibrium and I just realized that you know what we don't need to have somebody in charge there's a tv program on at the moment that I couldn't resist watching and now I've got sucked in uh, called um rise and fall and it's a beautiful microcosm of society how these people who are all brought together potentially collaboratively uh, and they could work together but they have to choose six of them to go and be the rulers and the rest of them are the workers and the grafters. And how quickly the grafters begin to detest the rulers because that's how society has taught us to be to a certain extent. Because the rulers are just doing their best. They don't really know what they're doing, but they're giving it their best shot. But the grafters are having this resentment already because of what they stand for. It's fascinating to see the whole thing. And this is how, what if there were no rulers? What if we didn't have a government? What would that look like? So from my studies in 2012, last decade, really, decade or more, um, looking at things like spiral dynamics, pendulum theory, chaos theory, all sorts of things to click, it's made me realise that we're now emerging into a time when something else is going to come along. Um, spiral dynamics has suggested a thing called um, self-organising. And it's already started to happen. Now, these guys predicted it before there was the internet back in the 60s. And now we can see it's, it is evolving. We have the Me Too movement. We have Black Lives Matter, Extinction Rebellion. 
Who's in charge of those? I, somebody probably started it, but are they the same person that runs it or looks after it? It's a collaboration. People are coming together for a cause. And what we're realizing is that they can come for, together for a cause for good. Potentially, they can come together for a cause for evil. And that's where I think if we start a collaboration and a community for good based on love, with human being first before anything else, and teaching each other how to collaborate effectively, then we're going to be in a really good place if and should any major changes happen when people are being so disillusioned with the way countries are being run at the moment because we're all being separated. And, and to me, the only way we're going to get better is to come back together and forgive and have gratitude and kindness. And I've done a lot of works, Jill, on... Dr. Craig, well, it was, I don't think it's Dr. Craig, it's uh, Claire Graves' work. His work was amazing. And that was a foundation for spiral dynamics. That's right. Yeah. And it's really interesting. So it's not just values, but value levels and how you connect. I mean, you, you know this, but I'm just explaining it for the listener. And it's really interesting what this means in terms of how you bring together or how you come together, how you evolve through your own life and you tend to to move on this spiral as as it goes uh, onwards and upwards and it's fascinating moving from this i position to a we position back to an i position and then a we position and you keep doing that it's it's really interesting and it does end up into this incredible level of spirituality and uh, but as a collective group way of being and it is linked to purpose it really is i mean this is this is our discussion today the focus on why discussion tell me more about how purpose features in your world it's everything i mean my purpose has changed over my lifetime for sure it doesn't stay the same but you get to a point when you look around you go is this it is this you know and you and you get a business and as a business coach my my reason for being was to help other people but it wasn't until I kind of connected the dots, looking back over my life and seeing that space of like, oh, now this is why I'm here. This is my purpose is to teach people about collaboration, to bring people together, to connect them, to show them there's another way of being apart from fear, scarcity and competition. It's why don't we try love, connection and abundance and see how that works out and try it out. So my purpose is to teach the world to collaborate, which sounds very grandiose and above my station. But you know what? I don't have to do it all in one go. <laughs> I can do it one person at a time. And when I have people around me and we are constantly in mini collaborations, whether it's the creating an online publication called The Quest, so I think we've got about seven or eight people in that uh, collaboration, or whether it's putting on an event uh, like we did last year, the Altogether Different event, Changemakers Unite, where we had a team of people uh, that were coming together and it could not have existed and changed people's lives had we not been able to collaborate at all levels. No one was in charge. We just all chose why we're doing this, what's important to you, what's your purpose, what do you want to get from this, how are we going to help each other? And we did the whole um, gamut of this is how you create a good collaboration, which is the one I wrote about when I did um, Together We Can Do Something Wonderful, a book that was published year before last now that's gone around quick isn't it <laughs> um so we just did everything it said on the tin and it came out beautifully you know the cake was baked to perfection 
Um, and sure, there's learning that we could have. Um, tech was a little challenge for sure, but there's so many mini collaborations that we have that for me, my purpose is fulfilled practically every single day. When someone says to me, oh, I never thought about that, Jill, thank you. Or someone says, because you said that, I went away and I did that. And I'm like, oh, job done. That's me sorted. That's, that's my tick that box. This day was a good day. Now, if the community grows, if we get a bigger seat at the table for um, local authority or in government or get a bigger voice on social media, awesome. And that's kind of where we're aiming and that's where we're going. But in the meantime, every day fulfills my purpose because I'm serving. And I think we are all servant leaders moving forward. And that is the message that so many people are giving since the pandemic. We don't want to be told what to do. Prime Minister, you can't tell us we can't have parties if you're going to go and do a, have a party all on your own. That, that kind of thing, we don't want to be told. We want to encourage and support each other. Not full of opinion. Oh, I reckon you should do this because that's a really good idea. But because you've got experience, you've got knowledge. When I worked here, this is how we did it. So I think maybe if we tried this out, that might work. And then the few agree the benefits for the majority. And to me, that's servant leadership is epitomized so purpose for everybody is going to be different and it can change but so long as we're serving and we're supporting and we're helping those that can't serve or support themselves then that's the right place to be and i love that encourage and support and encourage is from the french on and courage you know courage so it is again bringing courage another c to to what to your work here yeah and that <laughs> brings it, it back to the heart as well the french translation means the heart doesn't it of course of mm. course so the cur so what is it that is you say you say you're being fulfilled every day but i don't see this as being a you've got an end plan this is a constant every day moving forward evolving adapting do you have a particular goal in mind just to make an impact an ongoing impact on people's lives that need help and support um i don't want to retire i will never retire um you know louise hay uh, didn't even start hay house until she was in her 60s i believe maybe even older than that um if you've got something that you feel is going to benefit other people i mean even on my worst worst day <laughs> um technology doesn't be my isn't being my friend and this has happened and that's happened and, uh, i go all right jill stop it walk away you don't have to do this nobody's putting a gun to your head don't do it and i kind of sit there and go well what i want to i can't there's nothing else i want to do there is nothing else i want to do and, and all it is is because there is so much variety. There are so many great people I'm connected to. There are so many people I know that I can help. There is a message here for everyone. I mean, I listen to Simon Sinek's podcast, God bless him. And every day I want to say, can I be a guest on your show? Because I've got the answer to all these questions you keep asking. And it's collaboration. And when people get that in their heads, rather than I went it alone, I did it on my own, I climbed that mountain, it was fantastic. It's like, no, you didn't. Nobody does it alone. Nobody can do it alone. If you're climbing that mountain, there's somebody there waiting for you to come home who's encouraged you to do it in the first place. If you run a marathon, oh, it's a lone runner, does a marathon. You know what? It's probably six or seven people that they've relied upon to get them there in the first place. Collaboration to me is the only solution. So my end game 
is to see a community survive without me because I'm not the leader. I just happen to be the face of it at the moment um, to be surviving without me. But so I can, even when I'm 99 or even 106, because that's my death day, I've decided it's 106. Um, even when I get to that stage, I still want to have a, a finger in the pie just to make sure that they're keeping the vision for a better world. Wow. You've decided your death day? Yeah, it feels about right. <laughs> so that was a heart set decision, was it? My, intuition, my intuition told me for sure. Yeah, my, my nan uh, lived to 96. Um, and I guess that's because she had a very tough life. So she became a very tough person, but um, living through two world wars. And she tells used to tell me the story of how she um, had to get ready with her black bonnet and her black boots that she did up with a, a boot hook uh, for the buttons to go and see Queen Victoria's funeral. And I did think about her a lot when Queen Elizabeth died. It's like, wow, with two ends of the spectrum that, that collided in the middle, uh, her and I. Um, and I was the youngest of her youngest children, and she had um, 12 of them. And they all came back from the war. So, I mean, I wish I'd written her story as well. That's an amazing story to have been able to um, write or be part of. But, yeah, so, no, 106, that sounds about right, maybe. Wow, fancy having 12, were it 12 sons? Um, eight and whatever, five, yeah. Eight boys, five girls. Okay, so 13. Yes, sorry, because one of them died when they were four. <laughs> okay, okay. So, but yeah. but fancy fancy sending off your children to war and you know not expecting to see them again, and then to have each one, each and every one, come back. I mean, that is just incredible. What what a yeah. that is a story. And it they is. they lived in the east end of London, so they endured the Blitz as well. And every uh, although there were the girls, um, all of them signed up as well. They didn't wait to be called up. They went and signed up. Um, so, yeah, they could have very easily lost one or two along the way. But, um, yeah, maybe they hid well. I don't know. <laughs> so this theme of collaboration has clearly been present in your upbringing of understanding that you club together, that you you come together, you you are solid, solid in solidarity, you are stronger. Yeah. And... You mentioned that you were a people pleaser. Is that mm. the right? Is that the right description? Um, it yes and no. It's the right description for me. It's a wrong thing to be. I, I'm no longer a people pleaser, um, but that took a little bit of digging. That's part of um, when I talk about connection. I talk about being connected to you as well as to other people. You can't connect effectively to other people until you really know who you are, and that was part of my journey. Um, I realised that things that happened to me in my childhood actually had turned me into this person that couldn't stop being a people pleaser. And probably uh, about 10 years ago or more, slightly more probably, the, the penny began to start dropping, drop, drop, drop. And it was the community at Collaboration Global that got me there to the final piece of the jigsaw. And funnily enough, we always say part of the behaviours is to listen and to listen with attention, not intention to reply, listen really carefully. So I was at a meeting where somebody was doing a presentation. Uh, this was when we were doing it face to face. And I was sitting there listening, going, oh, I know her story. It's very, very sad, but I know her story. And she flushed up on the screen a photo of herself. And I went, oh, that looked like me. Now, she said that she had been abused as a child um, ongoing. And that was why she'd used food as solace. 
And her mum used to make her clothes because none of the ones in the shops would fit her. And I'm like, yeah, that was me. And I was like, whoa, whoa. My family weren't fat. I was the only one that was fat. I wasn't abused as a child. I'm like, where's that come from? What's going on? And it took a little while and a little while and a little while. And the penny dropped to an incident that had happened that I then realised that that was the beginning of me, people-pleasing certain members of my family, to stay safe. Not from a, a wicked um, sexual experience, just from overt bullying that was going on. Uh, and there were reasons all around that. And we've since you know, sorted it all out and had those conversations. But it took me until I was probably 40 before I... No, I'm going to say no. I can say no. I'm allowed to say no. That's okay. No, it doesn't matter if they don't like me because I say no, because I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to. And I think one of the things that helped me with that, there was an episode of Friends, uh, and Phoebe was saying to Ross that she, um, she's, he'd asked her if she'll help him move. And she said, oh, Ross, I really, really would, but I don't want to. And I'm like, oh, that's, 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 a gem that's an absolute gem to kind of and it was funny in the show but at the same time it's like I just say yes because people ask me stuff and I really shouldn't so yeah I'm a recovering people pleaser now I'm getting better <laughs> and it's it's really interesting you you said earlier that you got to this point where you suddenly said to yourself is this it and then when you have this realization just now that you're allowed to say no we do get go through these and we think we're the only people who have ever experienced these thoughts and then realize that everybody's going through the same process of, of recognition of what we are obliged to do from a societal perspective and then what we're also obliged to do from a self-care perspective. And it there is a, a sense of balance of working out how is it going to serve you and how are you going to serve others? in terms of what you have the capacity to do. Yeah, putting your oxygen mask on first, isn't it? It's that, yeah. And you can help more people when you learn to delegate, when you learn to share, when you learn all of those kind of things as well. Um, and, and stop being your own worst enemy because most people in business as well will get to a point where they are the blockage that's stopping themselves from growing um, because nobody can do it as good as me, obviously. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, there's some things that people can do better than you and you have to learn to let go. And it's quite hard in some cases. So what's possible for you, Jill, between now and your 106th birthday? <laughs> oh, what's possible? Um, stay vibrant to keep going in a cause, whatever that cause is. And I imagine it will be Collaboration Global. Um, a movement that grows and has um, a finger in many pies. Um, like your good self, we're part of B1G1. Uh, and it's finding how we can help and what we can do. Um, and my brain is always firing on all cylinders. I come across something that's a worthy cause, but also how can I help them help themselves too uh, and make life easier for them so what's for me is just doing more of the same I'm so blessed every day to wake up and kind of like what what are we up to today I'm, I'm, I'm digging in and I'm loving it uh, and we all get down days we all get days where it's like oh, I want a holiday and that's fine but I don't think I will ever be changing even if I'm incapacitated in some way 
um, God willing, I'm not, I will still find a way to, you know, God bless the internet, God bless chat GPT and all the other automations that are going on for me to have my voice to make sure that I can make a difference. No matter how small, like today, I signed a petition for um, the parliament in Myanmar. Um, little things, little things make all the difference in our world. And we have to keep doing that, keep moving forward. And you mentioned just then B1G1, incredible company that's come together. It's a business for good and it helps you to become a business for good. And I recommend people to go back to episode 333 with one of the co-founders, Paul Dunn. It's just beautiful. It's it was a, There's a really special couple of moments, particularly in that episode, where a question I, I raise and a comment I make brings Paul to tears. And emotion is at the heart. It really is just so special to, and purpose does that. That's, I had a, a, many conversations where purpose has really, really brought out some incredible moments and created incredible ripple effects. So, so thank you for making that introduction. It was on one of your collaboration global calls that I heard Paul speak and I was, I have to get you on the show. And there we go. So it, all these little things that you, you are creating, Jill, along the way, you may not know ever some of the things that have come about as a result of one of your talks, one of your meetings, one of your connections, and that's okay. It's that's, that's not what it's about. It's about knowing that things are changing, evolving, moving, happening as a result from what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. So anyone out there who's curious to get in contact, how would they connect with you? Um, I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn. <laughs> so if you just look for Jill Tiny, Jill with a G, Tiny, T-I-N-E-Y, or go onto the website, collaborationglobal.org, where you can actually book on to one of our meetings and we could see, meet each other face-to-face, -face, which would, oh, on Zoom, almost face-to-face. Um, that would be lovely to have you guys or, you know, check out um, everything's on the website. Actually, I'll stop talking. Everything's on the website. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for bringing all of these incredible thoughts and and ways of being and behaviors that you've mentioned. It's just been a really beautiful conversation around collaboration of course that's been the the glue that stuck everything together it really is and if it if that's the answer to all of the questions that Simon Sinek has has been asking other than purpose then absolutely I know you know let, let's send those uh, thoughts his way and he can <laughs> he, will, he will be a much happier person but he'll be out of a job <laughs> yeah sure but Jill do you have some final words for the listener please well, I have to say, probably the thing that resonates most with me is a quote by um, an anthropologist, Margaret Mead, that many of you will know. And it's the one where she says, never doubt that a small group of committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And I live by that. I live by that every day, whether we've got a small community or a massive community. It's those individuals that can make a huge difference in our world with collaboration. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. 
Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.